My journey has been one of returning from the darkness and stepping out into the light once more. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logos and Trivial. While you're sitting trying to figure that out, this is my podcast. Allegedly. Logos and Trivial podcast. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logos and Trivial. Maybe you're also Logos and Trivial. While you're trying to figure that out, let me introduce today's esteemed guest. I have with me... Uh, sort of the go-to man for um, style tips and and even beyond style, sort of what it means to uh, have style in your life and how that is an expression of who you are and what it communicates to the, to the world outside of you. It's Tanner Guzzi, um, and he's a man who I discovered on Twitter, uh, like a lot of people, I think. And um, number one, He's, he's from my kingdom of Utah, so I always appreciate a guy from Utah. And number two, uh, when I started to pay attention to you, Tanner, what I noticed was that uh, there's, a, there's a pretty important aspect to what you do, which is you're, you're, you're mainly speaking to men and you're mainly speaking to men saying, look, there's, you've, been, you've been sold a bill of goods that says how you dress or how you look doesn't matter because you're a rugged individual and just that ruggedness itself is going to shine through and you can look like a schlub and nobody will care because your personality is going to take care of that for you. And you're saying, no, man, it's part of being a man is putting things into order. And that includes how you look and, and that conveys a message. And, and so with that sort of very brief introduction, do you want to fill in the gaps on who you are and what you do for the audience? Absolutely. Ben, first of all, thanks for having me on, Chance. This has been, I'm excited because we've talked about this for a few months and so I'm glad we can make this work. Yes, sir. So my name, like Chance said, I'm Tanner Guzzi. You can find me on masculine-style.com or just at Tanner Guzzi on both Twitter and Instagram. And I teach men how to care about the way that they dress and why it affects not only what you've already mentioned as far as how it expresses yourself to other people and how it kind of can put your house in order, but even more importantly, what it does for the signals that we send to ourselves and how important appearance is as far as our virtuous feedback loops, or if it's, you know, this downward spiral or anything else. And so I teach men to think about their, their appearance, not in a way of good versus bad, but is this effective or is it ineffective in accomplishing the goals that I have throughout my life? Because your appearance has, it, it, it's a part of everything. It bleeds into everything that you do and you miss out on opportunities if you, ignore it or just bury your head, your head in the sand and think that it doesn't matter. Hmm. You know, it's funny. My wife would be laughing at me right now, uh, knowing that I'm recording a podcast about style because, um, <laughs> you know, when she met me, I was a guy with, uh, dreadlocks and, um, you know, I looked like the stoner that I was and I, uh, it's, and, and I, I saw firsthand how that sort of image that I portrayed, especially here in a place like Utah, could uh, change people's perceptions or, or give people a perception of me right off the bat that was very difficult to overcome later. And even should they have a relationship with me, there was still that constant reminder that maybe this guy is a little different from me and that makes me uncomfortable uh, looking at him. And, and then that would feed into my relationships with them, you know. Uh, why are you looking at me like that, man? You mm-hmm. don't even know me. Or you do know me and you know I'm a good dude. So what's, what's the problem here? Right. And I've, as I've grown and uh, sort of matured as a man, um, it's something that I, it's one of the sort of the last pieces in my puzzle of coming from a life where I wasn't 
that great of a dude into being somebody that I'm proud to be. And, and so I, um, it's useful for me even just on a personal level to have this conversation because it's something I've been thinking about and I'm moving into a new career where how you present yourself matters because I'm coming, Mm -hmm. I'm moving into real estate. And so, uh, you know, I've been thinking about these things a lot and I guess, um, sort of from that platform, I'm wondering from your end, uh, what is it about this whole sort of subject that, that drew you in and, and what is it that sort of caused you to say, this is the thing that I want to make my mark with? What, what is it about it that, you know, I Tanner want to um, express this message to the world and help lift people up through this mechanism? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I've always been, I would say hypersensitive to it. And I've told this story before and I'll give you guys kind of the TLDR version, but I was really into punk rock and BMX and stuff like that when I was a teenager. And I also went to a private school and like you being the stoner in Utah, you're, (laughs) there are these two very disparate tribes that have very opposite morals and belief systems and everything else. And they're also two different groups that have very strict rules as far as how you're supposed to look. And so I dealt with this dissonance of I, I, part of me identifies with this and part of me identifies with that. And, and I dealt with a lot of dissonance and a lot of ennui because I, I I couldn't dress the way that I wanted to, or like you, I hated that people treated me differently because you shouldn't judge me based on this. And there's this resentment and everything else. And so I've been aware of that since I was a teenager and it wasn't until I, started to get more mature and started to realize that, okay, well now I don't just want to play in a band and ride my bike at the skate park. I want to be able to date or make more money or make my mark in the world. And I can't dress like that same person I always used to be, but I don't want to dress like all these other average dudes that look like they've just given up on their lives because there's nothing ambitious or aesthetic or anything else that looks good about that. And why would I, why would somebody respect me when I see all these old guys is just has been and they're complacent and everything else. And so it was a unique way for me to be able to start to see nobody ever taught me what ambition looks like as far as the aesthetics of it. Nobody ever teaches you what self-respect looks like. And a lot of it is because there's not a uniform for that. Right. And so I started to, to approach it that way as far as, okay, well, what do I want to get done in my life? And then how do I dress in a way that one sends the signals to the people that I want the right signals being sent to, but then two doesn't make me feel like I've just totally sold out or I've completely done a 180 or I feel like I'm a monkey in a suit. How do I, how do I get these two worlds, the internal and the external, my personal with everybody else? And how do we, how do we get all that aligned? And that was when I started to just write about this stuff, just, just to start to flesh out these ideas. And so it was never this idea of like, I'm, I'm going to do this and this is how I'm going to make my mark on the world. And this is, I'm going to teach guys about style because that's so important. It was literally just trying to flesh out the philosophies and the ideas somewhere publicly. And it resonated with a lot of people. And then now almost 10 years later, it's, it's into something where this is what I get to do full time. And I get to really help guys crank up their confidence and crank up their, their congruence and their authenticity by, by helping them figure out this stuff. Hmm. When I, when I hear stories of people sort of latching onto something and then it, it, it does typically end to end up being something like, you know, eight, 10, 12 years later. Now this is my, this is my thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'm wondering along, along the way, because you, this, this thing has opened up a lot of doors for you. You know, yeah. you've gone and 
spoken at a lot of places. You have people coming to you. You have your book. You have a website that's very popular. And um, and I'm sure that journey is still continuing to unfold and that more and more things are coming your way as you consistently apply your effort to it. And so I guess I'm sort of wondering um, before maybe we get into stuff that might uh, help other people sort of look at themselves. I'm wondering along that way, cause you just started writing about it and trying to figure it out for yourself and, and what were sort of the, the points along your journey where you maybe ran into walls and you had to ask yourself, is this something I want to keep doing? And, and what were those, what were those influences or res, or pieces of resistance that you had to sort of overcome to develop the clear voice that you have now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think about the first wall that I ran into is when I first started writing it, I think maybe the first year, year and a half, I just wrote it as masculine style. I wasn't using my name at all. And part of it was because I was writing it from a very pro-masculine lens and there's, there are social risks to that, you know? And so like a lot of guys do on Twitter, like a lot of guys do with websites, they, uh, they write pseudonymously because it allows us to be able to express things that when you're using your real name, a lot of times you just don't end up talking about that. And I was really, it's funny because if you would have told me this at the time, it would have I was really blessed that I had gone through a nasty divorce and my ex-wife and her family had totally ruined my reputation. And so when you looked up the very unique name of Tanner Guzzi on the internet, there wasn't much of anything. And the stuff that there was, was really pretty damning. And it just made me look awful, you know, because of one side of the story and everything else like that. And that was, that sucked because it made it I couldn't get a job. I couldn't get like, there, there were just a lot of, there are a lot of negative consequences of this. And what was cool is then it made me realize it's like, okay, well, one, I'm not saying anything that's really that controversial anyway. And two, I need to combat what's going on with the internet with my name. And so I started using my name on there. And then now I totally own what's, what's on there. And I wouldn't have seen, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to speak the way that I do. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to, go work for a custom suit company and develop the real world, not just the philosophical, but the real like down in the gritty taking measurements and here's how to get drape figured out and all this other stuff. I wouldn't have had any of that. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now because even the benefit of not being able to get hired meant that I was stuck in the $13 an hour job I was, I was in. And so I had to try and turn this into a money-making venture so that my wife could stay home while we were raising our kids after we had our first baby. And so a lot of this, a lot of these walls and this blockage, when I was able to see them appropriately turned into catalysts for actually getting to where I wanted to be and getting the growth to happen the way that I wanted it to be. I'm feeling that same way right now with all this coronavirus stuff, because what I do is a luxury service. And there are a lot of people who don't, you know, a lot of my sales pipeline within the last three weeks just totally dried up. And I get that when you've got really big, important things and scary things going on, most people don't want to be thinking about their clothes, right? Like it, it makes perfect sense to me. And that's caused me to have to do some other pivots and everything on my own. And I've found some really good ways to continue to boost my business and build things like that. And so all of these little obstacles, little or big or anything else, they just continue to be the, almost every single one as I get to look back at it in hindsight, it's only the obstacle, the obstacles that have actually been the opportunities. Hmm. That's a, that's a common theme in my life. 
and a lot of what you just talked about, maybe not in specifics, but in principle lines up with, with the journey that I'm on too. Uh, I was a wild dude in, in my youth and early adulthood. And if you would have uh, Googled my name two or three years ago, the only thing you would have found was a criminal record. Yep. And you know, I, I've, I've been on Twitter and I, I have a website and I have these podcasts. And now when you Google my name, uh, you see a whole bunch of podcasts and content that I've put out there. And then if you scroll down a little ways, you can still find the criminal record, but that's something that I have owned and I've been open about. So, you know, uh, I knew if I was going to come to the internet, I had to be honest about who I was. You got to lean into that, right? Exactly right. Because skeletons in the closet are always revealed. And then what you have, you have this, yeah. It's like uh, Eminem and eight mile, right? Where you do your whole bit where you're just, here's me being honest. Now, what, now is what, what is anybody else going to do? Exactly right. And it's, it's very freeing in that way. And it, it wasn't necessarily an easy choice to do, but I just, I just felt compelled to do that. And as, as I was listening to you and hearing you talk about uh, sort of the perspective change from obstacle to uh, challenge, where, where one is in your way and one is an opportunity for you to grow and develop your skills and develop your understanding of who you are and, and what that means for you to be able to offer something to the world. Um, I identified with that a lot, and that's the theme on this podcast a lot. And so I guess... Um, with that understanding, how did the, how did the transition from, from being an anonymous blogger to blogging under your own name, um, to, to really actually stepping in and, uh, making it something that you could work with? What did, what was the process of that? How did that unfold from, from, you know, just writing to, to now you, you're worrying about a sales pipeline drying up because you actually have a sales pipeline and you're looking, so it's a business and it's what you do. Kind of take me on the journey a little bit there. Man, there are so many, there's so many just stops and starts and pivots and everything along the way. And there, if I were to walk you through everything on the journey, it would just seem so chaotic and crazy because it really was just that. It was literally just, I'm going to try this and see if this works. And then, okay, that didn't work as well as I thought. And then I'm going to try this. And then that kind of works. And so I stick with that for way longer than I should have because you're afraid to back up and try something new because this is working better than anything else you've previously tried before. And so much of it has been just that. I mean, one, one good example that I can come up with is I started a YouTube channel, uh, man, 2015. And that was what that was, if you were in the men's style space, that's where the audience was. You, you do a YouTube channel and the method of making money and building that into a business is you try and build an audience as big as possible. And then you get sponsored opportunities, you know, where companies pay you to talk about their products and stuff like that. And so I did that for about my first year of self-employment, but it never really resonated with my audience. And so I had to make a pivot there and I had built up, you know, it wasn't a massive channel, but it was 30,000 subscribers. I'd put in a decent amount of work into it. And then that was when I had started doing my own coaching and nobody cared. My audience didn't want it at all. <laughs> I think to this day, I've had three clients come from, from YouTube stuff, <laughs> but my, my Twitter account, that was really just an opportunity for me to kind of talk about masculinity and talk about at the time politics and other stuff like that those guys were really interested 
in the idea of my helping them talk, my helping them figure out their style. And I had maybe 2000 followers on Twitter at the time when I made this, when I made this pivot. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well I put all this energy into building this YouTube channel and I'm connected with all these guys that have millions of subscribers and I'm speaking at their conferences and I'm friends with these guys, but it's not working. And then I've got this, this really kind of radioactive red pill corner of Twitter that I'm an idiot for even using my real name in any of it anyway, (laughs) but that's where people, it turns out that's where people want what I have and they want to pay me a lot of money to be able to teach them how to do it. And so then it's the transition into, okay, we're not doing YouTube anymore. We're going to really try and build up the Twitter presence. And then it's, how do I do this in a way that actually works with you? There's just, there's so many different points along the way. And so much of it has been, <laughs> I, I have to laugh when I think about how many times I've failed. And it's like, I'm going to do this big, awesome launch and this is going to work really well. Or I'm going to teach this really cool, like this video is going to be so good. It's, I, I put so much time into this and it's going to resonate. And then it just flops. And then you can just go, okay, well, does, does this suck? Of course it sucks. Am I going to quit? No, you're just going to go, you're going to figure out what the next thing is. That's a, uh, yeah, it's a, I think Twitter, people go to Twitter for the, for the mental aspect more than necessarily the, the entertainment aspect. So mm-hmm. what you just said makes sense to me um, just, just because of that's the reason I went to Twitter was to connect right. with people's minds. And, and but we get the 2020 hindsight benefit, right? Sure. I, we couldn't have predicted that going, going into things where it's like, well, yeah, you take more cerebral approach and then Twitter's going to be a better audience for that. And you talk about how it's like, we, no, you just gotta, you just gotta try crap and see what works and see what doesn't work and then be willing to make changes as it goes. Sure. So uh, my audience is pretty, uh, pretty comfortable with the sort of red pill situation. And, yeah. and I, I've poked, I've poked fun at a lot of those guys, but I'm, I'm, well, I'm yeah, friends with like a lot of those community, guys too. You yeah. can get goobers and zealots and everything else. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, but I guess I, I'm curious because I know you've spoken at 21 con and things mm-hmm. like this. And, um, what, what do you suppose it is about the guys in that sort of realm that your message resonated with? Why do you, why do you think it was them that really embraced you and were ready to hear the message that you were ready to communicate? I think part of it has to do with the fact that the way that I talk about this stuff, and I think that's one of the reasons why our community loves Twitter so much compared to doing really well on others, is that you have to be really bold and really assertive because you only have so many characters mm-hmm. that you can use to talk about it. And so you you talk about whatever it is that you are in a very unapologetic way because you don't have any other option. You can't post a wall of text like you can on Reddit or on a Facebook post or something else. You really have to get to the point. And for men who are interested in traditional masculinity and who that appeals to them, there's something very refreshing about an unapologetic approach to whatever topic it is that you're talking about. Right? So I think that there's, there's that part of it. And two, one of the things that I've realized is that, you know, I work, I get to know these guys' real names and with a lot of them, I get to go into their homes and I get to have them come out to me and everything else like that. And from my experience with these men, 90% of them, 95% of them just completely fly in the face of how the rest of the world wants to paint the manosphere as far as like, 
the basement dwelling nerds or the gamer who can't do anything like the, the guys who I work with are very successful, very competent men. And one of the reasons why I think what I do is so appealing to them is because their finances are solid. Their relationships are really good, especially because they've applied a lot of the things that we talk about and we learn in here, their fitness and their health. Again, because of what we talk about are really good. And so, so many aspects of their lives are excelling and then their aesthetics, as far as their clothing, their grooming and everything else is such that it's such a stark contrast that to them, it looks even worse. And it's even more frustrating and more annoying than it is for the guy who he's a loser in every regard. And so why would he care what his clothing looks like? But for these guys who are excellent in every regard, it's really obnoxious that they can't figure out this one stupid thing. And so that's why they like that. I can help them figure it out. That's a, that's something I'd like to get into a little bit more. I think actually, uh, I have a pretty good eye for style. Um, I was surprised to learn my wife really enjoys watching project runway mm-hmm. um, and I watch it with her and, and I think it's interesting. I mean, that, that might be about the gayest thing a man could say, but, <laughs> but it's, that's fine. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. I, I think it's interesting. People, people make art, you know, they have this vision and they make it and it's, and it's interesting. And I have, I have found that I have strong reactions to certain things uh, you know, I see somebody make something. I'm like, that is awful. Right. Like, and, and I find myself in disagreement sometimes with the expert judges. And sometimes I find myself in agreement and, and I, I learned, okay, well, I'm, I'm honing in on the same things. Just sometimes we have a different view of these things, but is, is the tailoring good? Is, is there a vision that's clearly expressed? Is it cohesive? These kinds of things. Right. And, does it express the values that I align with or does it totally fly in the face of those or yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's an important point. And then on the other hand, uh, because of that, you know, I see a, I see a dude who's in good shape, um, and well-groomed and, and look sharp. And I, I go that I'd like to shake that guy's hand. That's somebody right. I want to know. But then I see somebody who is the opposite of that, except for has, you know, they like, it's a pud and he's kind of like just a gomer, but he, he has a good style. And, and that makes me laugh. It's like, dude, I, I feel like you're kind of putting the cart before the horse here. And, and so I guess I'm wondering how do you suppose that that relationship with style? Uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is you talked about the guys who have everything already and then need mm-hmm. to lock in style. And I'm sort of talking about a guy who has just the style and needs to lock in everything else. And I guess I'm wondering how, what, what is that communication with how you present yourself and your style? How much of a factor is that? Do you think in um, a man's, sort of self-worth or or self-expression and, and how do they begin to, I'm I'm kind of struggling to get to what I'm getting at here, but I guess I'm, I'm curious how, what is it, what is it do you think that awakens a man to the idea that maybe he's not expressing himself the way that he wants to be with the way that he dresses and presents himself? Gotcha. (sighs) Well, I think it's different depending on which guy we're looking at. If we're looking at the guy who I call him the gentle dork, where it's the guy. Who, <laughs> I love that term. Right? It's just, <laughs> they are. They're, they're this gomer. I love that term too, in every sense of the word, but they get really suited up. And somehow all of a sudden they're supposed to be awesome and look, look at me, I'm aspirational and networking and everything else like that. And the problem is, is they think that by really improving your style is something that's relatively easy, especially if you're in this false binary of 
formal clothes is are better and more stylish. And so if I can just suit up, then I'm one more stylish and therefore I'm more respectable and people will want to network with me and everything else. And they do it to the point that they, it's an overcompensation. I don't have to get over the fact that my skin is awful and I've never been outside in the sun or that I'm have no social skills whatsoever or that my body's really weirdly misproportioned or that I, I don't know how to connect with people or that I have no real ambitions or anything. It's a way to LARP, right? It's, 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 it's a live action role sure. play for a lot of mm. these guys where they think if I can put on my costume of a well-connected gentleman, then I become this well-connected gentleman, right? And so a way it's very childish because it is, it's just, it's just cosplay. It's just putting on a costume. So I think there's that aspect of it, but then you get the guys who are over on the other side that we grow up with this idea that real men are not supposed to care how we look, that that's either for women or that's for gay dudes. And whether you're, you're not, you have a moral problem with being gay. If you're straight, you don't want anybody to confuse you with being a gay dude, right? It's, it's a mixed signal that you don't want to send. And so your average red blooded straight American male doesn't want to look like he's gay because that's, that hurts his dating prospects and everything else. Right. And so there's all these reasons that we've been taught all our life that if you look like you're trying too hard, if you look like you care too much, then that's a negative. And what most guys don't realize is that it's the same thing that you just hit on. You have a really strong reaction to styles that you don't like, whether that's on project runway or you see it anywhere else. Right. Almost every man feels the same way. Now, we may disagree on the things that we like or dislike, and a lot of men may have totally, completely compartmentalized and completely like limited into this very small box of this is the stuff that I don't hate or I hate the least. So there's not this, this realm of what I really, really like, but at least this is the stuff that I don't think is totally awful. But there are very few, very few men in the world who wouldn't have a strong negative reaction and emotional response to an aesthetic that they really, really don't like. Right. Mm. Which just totally proves the lie of, well, you do care. You just care as far as you really want to avoid that negative and you have no idea how to get into the positive. And so most of the time you just take this kind of sour grapes attitude of, well, I just, I just don't care. You know, I, as long as I don't look like an idiot or as long as I don't look like I'm, I'm into dudes or as long as I don't look like I'm, you know, if you, okay, do this. If you really don't think you care how you look, then as soon as quarantine is over, go spend a week at work wearing an SS officer uniform and tell me that that's not going to affect the way that you perform or the way that you feel or the way other people treat you. Right. I dare you. Or wear your wife's dress and tell me that that's not going to send entirely different signals and that you're going to feel just as comfortable. You care. Right. And so I think one of the reasons why this finally clicks for these other guys, and to be honest, this is so much of what my energy goes into with Twitter, with my mailing list, with everything else that I do, is helping them realize that it is a glaring deficiency. And it is, it's kind of this light bulb moment where as soon as you do realize that this is a problem, then you, it, it's another red pill. You can't not see it in every regard in which it presents itself. And so that's when these guys go, oh, Tanner, I hate you because I was totally fine and oblivious to this before. And you're a dick for shining the light on it. <laughs> <laughs> and also I want to make this better because I also see what the potential could be when I get this better. So help me out with this. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think that little red pill bit is, is true. There's so many times where you, 
you're, you're ignorant to something. And then just that one moment, or maybe the culmination of a couple of things and, and things finally fall into place. And you go, Oh, the world looks totally different to me. Now. Yep. Um, and I guess with the style thing, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was, I was thinking, and then you sort of brought it up, but I like to challenge people to uh, sort of face the extremes or face the aversion to help um, communicate to them more about what they do prefer. And I was thinking yes. like, if you, if, if a man steps into a, a straight man who wanted to, you know, present a, a, like a masculine image stepped into like a unitard with, with eighties day glow colors yes. on it. Go, go dress it, an eighties drag. Yeah. please, <laughs> And walk, walk down the street with that, you know? Yeah. Um, and tell me that it doesn't affect your, your internal mindset. Tell me that you can feel just as confident in that as you do in your graphic t-shirt, or your cargo shorts. Exactly right. And one of the things that people are sort of waking up to another red pill is the, is the power of body language and, and what that communicates to people. And um, that's something that I have paid a lot of attention to. And uh, I was just talking to Jeff Putnam on his mm -hmm. podcast a couple of days ago. And uh, one of the things I talked about is, a lot of the guys I work with or my friends like to uh, clown on me because I walk straight up and down. I have my chin up and my arms are swinging and I, but it's like, okay, uh, that's fine. You can tease me about it. And I, I have a sense of humor about myself and it is right. maybe a little goofy, but you're slouching and you're 50 pounds overweight and you walk like you're afraid the world's going to look at you. And, <laughs> yes. and, and what is the message that that's communicating? And, and you know, if you, I've dressed in front of the mirror and, and I, I call them adventure clothes and it's just all the ratty stuff and maybe I'll tear sleeves off and uh, it's, it's just beat up old clothes. And then I imagine say going to see my wife's grandma on a Sunday looking like that. And, and I have to laugh because, you know, automatically I start, it's like, Oh man, I don't, you know, uh, right? but then, you know, when I have found uh, say uh, a nice athletic cut uh, dress shirt and a, in a color that I like and pants that fit well and um, a tie that's not too obnoxious that, um, and I, and then my hair is done and I'm well, sh you know, I'm shaved and well groomed and I stand in front of the mirror. I don't even have to think about doing this thing mm -mm. because it happens naturally. Uh, yeah. I've just put myself into a position where exactly it happens naturally. And that kind of power isn't lost on a guy like me who's thinking about these things a lot. And I guess I wonder as you've worked with people and, uh, you've sort of seen how the the things that you communicate them transform the way that they present themselves. What kind of effects do you see in a man who who goes from sort of lost but aware now that there's a thing that needs to happen to I have I have found the the way that I want. You know, I'm embodying the yep. the message that I do want to send. How does that how have you noticed that that affects their their body language, their confidence, their communication skills? The best way that I've heard it put was by my friend Antonio Centeno, who runs a site called Real Man Real Style. And he talks about how, imagine your life is a sports car. You know, you've got a Ferrari or something. And your, your appearance, your style is the tires on the car. It's not even remotely the most integral thing. Not even close. There are things that matter so much more. You have the engine, you have how efficient the fuel is, you have the horsepower, you have everything about how streamlined it is and all this other stuff that matters so much. And you could still go pretty dang fast if all of your tires were flat or even, you know, if they were even just a little bit low, let alone totally flat. 
but you don't get to experience the full capacity and the full performance of that powerful machine if your tires aren't good tires and they're not inflated properly and the tread isn't, isn't calibrated to handle whatever the conditions are on the road that you're driving. Right. Hmm. And that's what most of my guys find out with their style is that they end up thinking, okay, well, if I can just, you know, I'm not where I want to be. And so if I just get to, if I drop from 10 to 7% body fat, or if I just get my game a little bit tighter, or if I just make 20,000 more dollars a year, then that's going to be the thing that, that really gets me feeling confident and then everything else. And it's the same thing that you would do with a car where it's like, okay, well maybe you can get a little bit more horsepower or maybe you can get your, your gas just a little bit more efficient or you can be a little bit smoother in, you know, how you're shifting gears or you can actually inflate the tires properly and then everything else is so much easier and you don't have to eke out those diminishing returns on, the, on all those other bigger, more important things. But you, yeah, you don't have to get those last little bit of uh, diminishing returns enabled in order to be able to get the results that you want. Hmm. And to continue with that metaphor, you know, if, uh, if you don't know that your tires are low, you, you might drive a certain way and then you wonder why you're having malfunctions. But as soon as you wake up and go, oh, my tires are low. That's it. I, then you're probably not going to drive fast either until it's like, I need to, I need to get to this gas station and pump up these tires so I can exactly. drive fast again. Exactly. So, okay. So I know that you um, are pretty open to the idea that there are different ways or, or different sort of categories that a man can express himself through it. Like you talked about, it's not just about putting on a, a suit, whether it fits well or not. Some guys are just not, I'm going to put a suit on every day kind of guys. Yeah. Go wear uh, a suit to the gym. It's stupid. <laughs> if you work in the tech industry, go wear a suit to your computer job when everybody, it's stupid. Yeah. So my, my avenue of curiosity here is how do you teach guys to understand this is who you are as a person and, and here's how you figure out how you express that through style rather than just uh, being like the gentle doors you talked about and putting on a suit that was in fashion in the twenties and thinking that's the pinnacle of fashion. How, how do you guide them to understand here's who you are and here's how you express that through your clothes, through your style. So this is, this is the bulk of what I do with my guys that are my coaching clients. And we go, basically what I have is a funnel that I've created that there are six different steps that you kind of run everything through. And then when it all comes out at the end, you know, if it works or where it, where it got cut up, why it doesn't work. And to kind of give the, the, the 50,000 foot up view of what that funnel looks like, there's three different things that we look at. The first one is the basics and the most measurable of what works with your body. And this can be stuff like what, what a good fit is on you, what's good as far as your proportions, how patterns work, what kind of colors you should be doing, all this stuff that really kind of falls into the science of style or the aesthetics or anything else. Most guys who do what I do, that's where they stop. And the problem is, is that stuff is always superseded by the other two variables, which is one, what is the most congruent with who you are? And even more importantly, who you're aspiring to be. And what is, what is the best version of yourself look like? And how do you, how do you draw that out? And how do you do that in a way that it actually, again, avoids the problem of feeling like you've sold out or that you're a monkey who's wearing somebody else's uniform and you don't have any say, you know, how do you do it in a way that doesn't feel like it's totally killed your self-expression so that when somebody does see you, they can look at you and go, 
okay, maybe, maybe Chance is the stoner, but there's something more to him than just that stoner. <laughs> there's, there, there are other elements there that are a little bit more interesting, and he's multidimensional, and I, I'm curious to find out more about him than just putting him in this box and then that's it, right? Hmm. Because you weren't just the stoner, and that's why it bugged you to be put into that box that way. I was not just the punk rock kid, or I wasn't just the private school kid, and I hated being put into those boxes too. And so being able to to do all of that with what works internally. And then the third thing is you need to be socially fluent enough to understand how the different groups that you're associated with, how they use clothing and appearance and stuff like that to send signals to each other Hmm. so that you're not the guy who I feel great in a suit and a suit looks really good in my body, but I work on an oil rig and so I'm not going to show up, right? <laughs> like you need to understand the context of who's around you and what are the signals and what's appropriate for the environment and how do you signal mastery or status or all these other things. And so this is what I do is I teach guys how to take these six components of this funnel and then build it out so that it's customized and it's unique to what works in their life. And then they can take any article of clothing, whether that's something that they see online because they're shopping or they're actually out physically shopping or they just see a picture on Instagram or some guy in a movie that they think looks awesome. They literally just pop that into the funnel. And if it comes out the bottom, they go, cool, I can buy this thing. This is great. Or if it doesn't, then they can know where it gets hung up and figure out, okay, well, this is way off. Or I just need to find a version of this that's a little bit different because of these tweaks here. And then I can go and I can get it and pick it up myself. I love systems. (laughs) <laughs> so easy. They're fantastic. Yeah. Um, and one thing I understand about systems is that you can't make a good one if you don't understand what you're talking about. Uh, and so um, those 10 years are paying off now. And it's, <laughs> yes. uh, it probably feels pretty good to be able to do that and just say, look, here's, here's, here's the thing that you do. I already, it's here for you. Just, just run it through. And now, and now look, my 10 years of wisdom are distilled into just a tool that you can hold in your hand and use right now to figure out whether or not it's going to fit within your, within your wheelhouse. Exactly. Um, so we've talked a little bit about sort of where you came from and, and the journey and, and working with other people. And I guess I wonder, uh, how has this, how has this all sort of helped you understand who you are as a man and, and developed your, uh, understanding of your place in the world and, and, and where do you suppose, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to forecast and everything, but you're 10 years into this journey and, and it's what you do now. And I guess I just wonder what, what is the next paradigm up from where you're at look like to you? And how do you, how do you suppose you're going to get there? Man, that's, I would love to be able to answer that question. That's one of the ones <laughs> that my wife and I have been talking about for the last couple of years, because I am, I am at a certain level and I'm very grateful to be at the level where I am. And I don't know if, well, I guess I can kind of start to think about it even as I answer what your first question was as far as what I've learned about myself. Because one thing that I've learned as I've done this is my, I'm not, I'm, I'm not super fashionable. I'm not the guy who is always dressing in ways that are really interesting. I'm not the guy that's, is, you know, the Johnny Depp or the guy who's doing, you know, and I've done stuff. I've been to trade shows and I've been photographed for GQ and stuff like that. And it's been really fun to get to do that kind of stuff. But 
I wear the same stuff almost every day and I, it looks good and it's expressive and stuff like that, but I'm almost always in a Henley like this and a pair of jeans and some sneakers. And, but what I've found is I've done this style coaching is that style or fashion or all that stuff. One, I'm not going to be the guy who's on the latest trends because I'm not that interested in it. And two, the reason why I've been able to create this system is because the thing that I'm really good at, the thing that I would say is my quote unquote superpower is the ability to take what to other people seem like random data sets and then be able to find the underlying principles or the underlying trends or connect those dots in a way that a lot of people miss. And I've been able you know, the whole reason I've been able to do this with style is because of that skill set. That's because nobody else talks about this stuff the way that I do. And so now it's figuring out, okay, how do I apply that with my personally with my health? How do I apply that with being a father? How do I apply that with building a business? How do I apply that with just teaching guys how to be more confident and be more masculine in general, as opposed to doing it just through their clothing or anything else? How do I do this when I have people who call me and they are, you know, stressed out about something or another? And so it's, that's, I, I feel like for me, that's my next challenge is how do I create the next level of systems and connect, continue to connect the dots and even see the connections that I'm currently missing. How do I fine tune that skill even further and then apply that, whether that's to a business context or that's just to anything else that I'm interested in or that I feel responsible for. Hmm. I can identify a lot with that. Uh, you know, I wrote a book called uncommon mentality uh, and it sort of brought together a lot of the things I, I needed to use in order to set my house in order from, from being a, you know, just sort of a dark dude to deciding I didn't want to be that. And then how do I, how do I reset my mind and how do I reorient my vision and how do I follow through on the, on the things that those new tools have told me and this kind of stuff. And I, and I wrote that book and it's, it's always been my intention to write a, a more complete book called uncommonly capable and take the mind but take the body and take the food and take the communication and take mm -hmm. the different things and, and put them into something that you could take this book and take the things that i'm going to ask you to do in them and when you were finished with it you would have all the skills that you needed to do whatever it is that you wanted to do in your life and you would look and feel and speak and think in a way that would allow you to get to who you want to be. Right. Or at um, least even know how to look to learn to think and feel and speak and everything else, because it's just even at that level to get you going there. Exactly right. And uh, I had to be real honest with myself when I started this project, which was I can't do that yet because I don't have the capacity to do that yet because I have to model it for myself first and I have to grow as a person and I have to understand the way that other people work better before I can really do that. And, um, the, to be honest, that's a part of what this podcast journey has been for me is reaching out to high level performers in all these different areas and really sort of trying to soak up as much as I can. Everybody else gets to benefit, but you're doing it for yourself. hundred <laughs> percent. And and I'm pretty honest about that. I, you know, yeah. I tell the audience, look, uh, I'm happy to present it to you and share it with you, but it's my, it's for me. I, right. <laughs> I just you're had just, to be able you guys to just get to join me on the journey. <laughs> yeah. I had to be able to give you a reason to come talk to me and it was, Hey, I got a podcast. You want to be on it? <laughs> so, okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you started with style and, 
And now you're looking at your whole life and thinking, well, I, I have this ability to make systems out of things that might not be obviously connected. And now I want to do that with my business and my health. And um, so I guess I'm curious because like we talked about just briefly before you've, you've spoken at 21 con and you've, you've connected with a lot of these guys who do these different things. They, they uh, help to build men into a more complete beast through these different avenues. And you've been able to connect with them and say, you know, like, Hey, Alexander, what do I need to do for fitness? Or, you know, Hey, so-and-so, what do I need to do for my mental game? Or how do I understand evolutionary psychology to my advantage or, or whatever? And right. um, I guess what I'm curious about then is what, where do you think in the hierarchy of those things, a person should think about their personal style you know obviously things like health and and whether mental or physical um are very important and are probably going to need to be close to the top of anybody's right game but but you know where do you how much if you ha if there was 100% of a life well lived what kind of percentage or do you feel like um developing a good style and a good understanding of it and and the language that you're expressing how much of that do you think it eats up towards like a, a complete life? Yeah, I'd have to think about how to, that's a, that's a fun challenge. Cause when I think about kind of a hierarchy of tiers, I would say that it's maybe like third or fourth tier. And I love that mm -hmm. I get to teach guys about something that I don't have any delusions that this is the most important thing in the world. Cause that's how a lot of the fitness guys get, or a lot of the mindset or a lot of the game guys or anything else where it's like, <laughs> all you have to do is get good at this thing that I really, really care about. And then nothing else matters. And I would be an idiot if I felt like all you have to do is get really good at dressing well and then nothing else matters. Cause that's delusional and stupid. So I'm, I'm really grateful that what I talk about doesn't have, <laughs> doesn't even have the potential of being bumped up into one of these upper tiers. Hmm. But I, I like the way that you presented that as far as the percentages, because the thing, uh, there's two ways that I think we can look at this. When it comes to how much of your life it affects and it can have a positive or a negative impact on, I would say 95% of your life can be affected by your appearance. Mm -hmm. Really, your performance in the gym, how you feel when you're at work, the way that your children perceive you as a father, the way that you see yourself, everything can be affected by that. But when it comes to the amount of effort that I think you should be putting into it, the amount of mental focus and the amount of time and energy that it takes up, maybe it's that other 5%. And <laughs> what sucks, what really sucks for most guys is that they only put in that 5% effort and then that other 95 is a negative. It's a net negative. It sucks for them, right? But if you can do something where you can learn how to do this, you can learn the system because I don't think about what I'm going to wear any harder than anybody else does. I don't think about shop. I actually probably think about shopping less than most guys do because I know the system really well and it makes it really, really easy. And so you put in, and this is what my clients do. They put in, they get that, that input level up to maybe like 20, 30, 35% for the six or so weeks that they're working with me. And then after that, it can go back down to that 5%. But then that 95% permeation at that point is all positive instead of being all negative from there on out. That's interesting. So it's a, 
you know, a lot of people look for things like that in their lives. Like, uh, when I started eating right and, and, uh, lifting weights, it just everywhere I went, it made things better. It made my relationships better, both with other people and with myself. Uh, it made my, uh, work life better because I had more energy. It made my home life better because I, um, felt more confident or these kinds of things. I guess what you're saying is even if it only added 1% to your experience, it adds it everywhere you go so that it's just a net positive across everything you're doing. And it's sort of, and, and maybe it's more than 1%. I mean, clearly in, in certain, in certain areas of your life, whether it's dating or if you are in a professional career, it can be very impactful. Right. Um, and so, um, that's that's something that uh i think maybe is is probably a very good message for people to to hone in on and think about is you know tony robbins talks a lot about and it's it's sort of one of those things is like well yeah but you know you you make just a little change and then you keep with that change and suddenly you would have been over here and now you're way over here because right. you still have that one percent difference over time or two percent exactly and, and it can make an even bigger difference than that. Um, and so I guess uh, that's, I'm, I'm developing my own way of thinking about these things as we're talking here, because I haven't really ever gotten this deep into thinking about my style. And Welcome to doing a podcast with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. So I think, I think what I'm curious about now then is I really like to, like we talked about, this podcast is a lot for me, but it's a lot for the people who listen to it too. And and what I like to try to do is to offer them some concrete stuff that they can do to begin to put this conversation to use in their lives immediately. And, and I guess if someone was sitting in front of you and they said, you know, Tanner, I, I'm not sure what to do about my style. I, I know I want to dress better. I've sort of woken up to the fact that I'm a big doof and that's not sending the message I want to send. If they were sitting across from you asking that, what, what are one or two things you could tell them that would get the ball rolling and sort of give them the, the biggest bang for their buck to, to encourage them to like, Hey, here's some things that are going to make some changes for you immediately that will help you to continue to want to pursue this because it won't seem too daunting. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, the, the easy and obvious answer is basically hire me or buy my book or go through any of my programs, <laughs> right? But for guys who are really looking to kind of get their toes in the water and do this on their own, the biggest thing that I would say to pay attention to and to get started with is start being more consciously and even emotionally present with what you're wearing and what you see other people wearing. Because most of the time you have an, you have a reaction. You feel better in certain things and you feel worse in other things. And a lot of it may just be that it's the context in which you're wearing it. Again, you, a suit's great when you're going to a funeral or you're going to jury, right? You're going to be on a jury. And it's terrible if you're going into the gym. And again, like you said, you can kind of visualize those extremes to be able to understand the principle. But for the most part, pay attention to how does that t-shirt that you have on today how do you feel in that versus something that you either feel better or feel worse? And then try and spend some time trying to diagnose why. And then same thing as you have emotional responses to the stuff that you see other men in. Why is it that so many blue collar guys, why is it that so many of them hate skinny jeans so much? 
think about <laughs> right? And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with hating it, but why? Why does it bother you so much? What's the signal that it sends that, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because I was watching a YouTube video. My wife and I are going to do our backyard by ourselves. And so I'm watching some YouTube videos about how to lay pavers and stuff like this. And there's this guy who does a fantastic job of outlining it and everything. And he does a really like high quality, like, you know, basically a professional level job with all the right tools and everything. And you see the comments from all these other guys who are contractors. And it's just like one of the best tutorials I've ever seen. This is awesome. You look, you know, this is one of the best patios I've ever seen done. And then almost just as many comments. Yeah, but why are you wearing skinny jeans? Yeah, but why are you wearing skinny jeans? What kind of what kind of guy who's doing this stuff wears skinny jeans? It's like, why is that so omnipresent in your mind that that is what merits a response for you? Pay attention to that kind of stuff. So whether it's a really negative or a really positive, pay attention and then try and figure out what that underlying principle is and see if you can do something from there. Is it because of the color? Is it because of the fit? Is it because it it conforms to what other people expect of you and you like that? Or is it because it conforms to what other people expect of you and you don't like that and you want to look like a rebel or something else, but try and figure out what it is that causes the emotional response to the clothing that you either wear or you see, and then double down on the stuff that's good and then try and get rid of the stuff that's bad. Anybody who's listened to this podcast for very long knows that I harp on principles as sort of just par for the course because it's a it's almost like a a condensed algorithm that once you tap into that principle and live by it, it just unfolds this miraculous thing that you it's a so that's that's definitely right in line with what I try to communicate all the time to people. And then, you know, I, I tell people, look, you gotta you got to have a written list. You should, you should have a written list of the rules that you play this game called life by, and you can edit it, but it needs to be thoughtful, but you should understand and say them to yourself, remind yourself, these are my rules because you're going to run into situations where maybe your anger is flaring. Maybe your sadness is flaring. Maybe your apathy is flaring and maybe they're all flaring at the same time. And you're not sure which of these responses is correct. But if you have rules that you're committed to that you can play by, then you can clear up that confusion and then you can move forward and take steps because there's nothing worse for a person's life than indecision. You can make a mistake and learn from it. But if you sit there and don't do anything, man, everything just withers away around you. And it's, it's really tough once you've, halted that momentum completely to get going again. It's step one all over again. And that's when you get trapped in the victim cycle and you get caught up in your own cowardice and everything else because that inertia is now working against you instead of for you. That's right. That's right. Uh, So you mentioned before uh, you have a book, you have a website. I know that you have a style quiz that's been very popular on the, on the Twitter end of things. And I guess I wonder and, and you have, you know, you have your website. And so I guess maybe who is the book for? Who's, who's the style quiz for? Who, maybe what are the different, because not everybody's going to want to read a whole book about right. style and, and maybe somebody just wants to do a quick quiz and be like, that that's all I really wanted to know. I'm good. So what are the, of the resources that you have and maybe not even just yours, but if you wanted to help people get educated or learn more and, or mm-hmm. work with you, uh, how, what would you recommend people pursue? Cool. From that cool. area. 
Okay, so the first place that I would tell anybody to start is this quiz that you're talking about, and this is my archetype quiz. And the way that this breaks down is there's three different style archetypes, and you can go take it, and it'll tell you which one is yours, rugged, refined, or rakish, and it'll break them down for you as far as what those are. And the reason why that's such a good place to start is what we've already talked about. That is where you start to make your style something that's, you start off internally as far as who you are and how you relate to the world. And then you can create a style that then becomes an external expression of that as opposed to most fashion is this is what this magazine or this designer or the guys at my office say that I need to wear. And so I'm just having this forced upon me. So it should be internal going out and the the quiz helps you get started with that. As far as the other resources, there's three of them that I can walk you guys through and it depends on how involved you want to get in on this. The first one is for you guys who really just want it like the most bare bones. You, you want to take that 5% level that we were talking about and maybe bump it up to like 7%, but still get as much bang for your buck as you can. The resource that I have for that is just my essential style guide. And what that is, is it's a monthly subscription that every month I send you a recommendation for an article of clothing that works with all three of the archetypes, but I give you recommendations on how to wear it based on what the archetypes are. I give you a buying list as far as places that you can go to buy these and along with what my experience is as far as fit and quality and stuff like that. And then I give you a whole host of options as far as these are different things. You know, if it's a Henley, these are the pants or the jeans or the, or the uh, shoes or the jackets or things that you can pair it with if you want it to be more rugged or if you want it to be more refined or more whatever. And the reason why that's such a valuable resource is you can, you can, you can go find all that stuff on the internet for free. You can go watch YouTube videos or go read subreddits or stuff like that. You'll just spend a few hundred hours, if not a thousand plus doing that yourself, right? Or you can get it from me who I've done all that work for you already. And then you can get it so you can just kind of passively get it and go from there. If you want to take this really deep, more philosophic dive and really get personal and expressive with it, and you want to do it on your, on your own, there's something that's very challenging for you. And, or even you just want to understand what this philosophy stuff is and why it matters to think about how your appearance relates to your masculinity and stuff like that. Then that's where I do recommend the book because that's where I talk about different historic examples of why men have always cared about how they look, how it relates to things like courage and strength, mastery, honor, all these mas- masculine virtues and how it all ties in together and why you'll always be judged as a man by how you dress. And so the book is called The Appearance of Power. You can go with that. And then the principles, the strategies that you need to use, I mean, I, I lay the funnel out for you in there. But then if you want to be able to really get this dialed in and take it to a level where you're not at that, that 7%, but you're taking it to that 20, 25, 30%, but then your returns are as high as they can get. And you can get as, as personally expressive and you can really bring up your appearance. So it's at the same level as your fitness and your finances and everything else. Then that's where I recommend working with me one-on-one as one of my coaching clients. Very good. And, um, with the, with the coaching thing, um, I tend to find people who are coaches and mentors and, and I've, I've done some of this myself have filters in place to make sure they're only working with people who are actually going to work with them and have the capacity and the means to do that. And so I guess uh, I'm just wondering, maybe you might want to um, put that filter out there a little bit and say, <laughs> you, maybe, maybe this is not for you too. If you, right. 
yeah, this is not for you if you just want me to tell you what's right and what's wrong. If you want a stylist, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm not a stylist. If you want that, then you're better off paying attention to guys like um, Manny from Well Built Style. He's another big one on Twitter that's really good. Um, I've got a couple buddies that are on YouTube and run their own sites like Brock McGough from The Modest Man, uh, Baron Quadro from Effortless Gent. These guys do a really good job as far as being able to give you kind of the bare bones, what to, what to wear or working with them as stylists. If you want to learn how to fish instead of just being given a fish, then that's where the coaching comes in. It's not cheap. You're looking at four figures to five, depending on what version we go with. And so you got to be ready to invest in that too. And I don't give you easy answers. In fact, most of the time when you ask me questions, I just ask you more questions until you get to the answers on your own. So you have to be coachable <laughs> and you have to be willing to put in the work on it. But that's, that's the kind of work that's necessary in order for you to be able to get to the point. I've never had a repeat client. I don't ever want one. And so coaching with me is not easy, but it's totally worth it because by the time we're done, you just, you're, you're at such a level that you don't need me ever again. And you'll almost get annoyed because you'll have other people asking you for advice and how to do it so that they can take care of it too. Hmm. So look, man, this has been a fun conversation for me. Um, I, like I said, you know, I haven't, I haven't spent that much time thinking deeply about this subject, but uh, I've, I've taken the red pill to be aware enough that it's something that matters and it's something that uh, is important to a person's life. And I, um, so I just want to thank you for taking the time to come on and let me pick your brain a little bit and, and share some of your thoughts with the audience. And um, is there anything you feel like maybe I didn't ask that needed to be asked or is there any, are there any parting bits of wisdom that you feel like you want to leave people with before we sort of round this out? Well, I will say that one, thank you for having me on. And two, I love that you've asked me questions that I've never been asked before. As I'm, as I've been mentally going through this, it's like, okay, well, there's an email I can send out to my list. There's a video I can make. And so the, you've, you've gotten my brain turning just as much as it sounds like I've been able to get yours. So I appreciate that. Yeah. You've been able to help me phrase things in a way I've never thought about it before. Um, as far as parting advice and stuff like that or other other resources, the one the the biggest thing that I want you guys to be able to walk away with is that you need to care about this stuff and you need to be intentional about it, but you need to do it in a way that it actually works for you. If you're a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy, don't go buy a suit or go buy a dress shirt and slacks. It's not gonna work. And so you need to care and you need to care in the way that's actually gonna be beneficial. Otherwise, you're going to bring that energy level up and then your return is going to be worse than what it was before. And then you're just going to throw your hands up with it. You're never going to want anything to do with it again. So if you're going to do it, do it right. And that's when it totally pays off. Yeah. That's like a Jack Posobiec and I are going to have to have a fist fight over cargo pants one of these days. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't think those are as bad. I can find a situation and context for those Crocs. That's an, that's one where I struggle, right? There are very, very few articles of clothing <laughs> that I would say like there's no business cargos. There are worse there are worse fences than cargo shorts for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I'll, I'll include links in the show notes, but but why don't you tell people where they can find you, your website, where they can get your book, that kind of thing. Cool. Okay. So the website is masculine-style.com. If you want to check out the book, it's called The Appearance of Power and you can find it on Amazon and on Audible and you can get it both in paperback and in an ebook format. 
Uh, my YouTube channel, you just look up Tanner Guzzi. And then same thing with uh, social media. I'm most active on, like we talked about, Twitter and then also Instagram. And both of those are at Tanner Guzzi as well. Okay. Well, you good? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I, like you said, we've been planning it out for a while and then I got banned from Twitter and I had to make my <laughs> way back and everything. Uh, uh, don't tell no, you're Twitter. a totally uh, different but, person. You're a totally different yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks again for taking the time to come on and um, I hope people will check out what you have to offer. I'm going to go take the style quiz today and see what Sweet. I can, see what I can learn. And, what you get. Yeah, okay. I will. Uh, and uh, with that, I guess... I've been Chance Lunsford. You've been Tanner Guzzi. This has been the Logos and Trivial Podcast. It's all been allegedly, and we're out.